This podcast is part of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed may not reflect those of other podcasts or affiliates of this show or Gunna Geek. Check out other geeky podcasts at GunnaGeek.com. Get ready because geekiness commences in three, two, one. Well, with the new router, hopefully you don't have any problems. Hopefully you... I'm not getting a new router. I thought you got one. No, I discovered the science of routing. Well, did you? Did I tell you? I didn't tell you this. No, I asked you about it. You told me. You told me that you did something, and then I asked you to give me details, and you said F- "you." I think those were ex- your exact words. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, how does it work? F- you. Yeah, that's the exact same response I got the last time. See, and I don't remember it the same way that you do. So we're at an impasse, I guess. An impasse. It's French. Um, Is it really? No. Hey, are we going to talk again about Breaking Default? We should, right? Because now I think we're both playing it. You're playing it a bunch now, aren't you? Um, where is my DS? Where's my 3DS? Did you buy it then? Should I, should I get... Yeah, I... What? Thanks for joining us. Who? The listener. Whom? Whom? For whom the bell tolls, ah, time marches on. Ah. Get it? Do you know what that was? No. Metalingus. Every time you'd think you would know Metalingus by episode 63 of Unqualified Gamers, a podcast where I, Cody, talk about gaming and you, John. What's a Metalingus? What are you doing on your computer? I can hear you messing around on your computer. I'm scrolling my mouse wheel. Why is your mouse wheel so loud? Did you get that mouse? Wait. Is that a steampunk mouse? Is it a gear? Is it really is that it like, loud? Is there just a gear? Just a, a metal gear with a sprocket? Oh, I see what you... A metal gear. I see what you did there. Oh, metal gear. Hey, that new game came out this week. Wow. Wow. That was literally the most flawless transition we've ever had until I pointed out that it was a flawless transition, at which point it became an even more flawless transition. I think that actually ruins the transition. But it wasn't you even a transition. It wasn't a transition because neither of us have anything to say about the fact that that game just came out. Uh, Metal Gear. Really? We don't have anything to say about the fact that supposedly there are two hours of gameplay and it costs $30? I heard that you could beat it in 10 minutes, and actually the retail price on it is $40. See, I, someone on Google Plus insisted, hi listener, by the way, we're going to talk about Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zero right now? No, no, it's Ground Zeros. Is it? Yes. Are there any ones involved? I don't think so, it's Ground Zeros. Okay, so Ground Zeros came out this week, it is a prequel to Metal Gear Solid 5 Sons of the Patriots? (laughs) That was four. Metal Gear. What is the actual Metal Gear Solid? You're 5 talking game? to somebody who doesn't play Metal Gear, so I don't know. <laughs> you, if anybody, is... you, sh- if anybody should know, you should know. Who are a, you? Are a Metal Gear freak? Listener, this is unqualified gamers. I just want to emphasize the unqualified part. Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, Devils do. Uh, Devils. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Is it really Devils something? 
No, it's um, Sons of Liberty. No, that was two. That, that also uh, sounds like an Assassin's Creed game. Is there a colon? Wait, there's gotta. Be- I'm Goog- I'm googling it on my f- on my phone. Hold on, uh, it's uh, <laughs> listener is just sitting there like, really? Yeah, no, that's. I'm gonna listen. It's going well. It's going well. It's so pretty, far. This pretty is much a, part. This of is the our course. fact. The, this is our fact checking. It's the Phantom Pain. The Phantom Pain. How did we not remember that? That's the stupidest name ever. It is, dude. The trailer at E3 gave me goosebumps because yeah, I was at E3. No, the, yeah, the tra- did I mention that? <laughs> yeah, the tra- hashtag humble brag. Yeah, the 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 trailer was really good. I actually saw the trailer and was impressed too. But it's a dumb. It does. It can be a good trailer and a dumb name. That can be a really. That can be a thing. You've clearly never had phantom pains before. I have not had phantom pains. That is true. So, Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. So that comes out in a, a while from now. So Koji, Hideo Kojima, the mastermind behind the Metal Gear Solid series, decided to release like kind of a a a demo, it, not a demo of the game, but like a mini quest part of the game to showcase the game's capabilities as a gameplay engine, etc., etc. Wait a second. So Ground Zeroes is supposed to actually be like part of Metal like it was it was supposed to be part of Metal Gear Solid 5? Is that what you're telling no, me? No, I never I never said that. It just takes place in the same universe. So you're like saying was... he cut out the first 2 hours of the game and put it on a disc for $40. What he actually did was he took the like you don't actually get a disc. You just get a sliver of the full Metal Gear Solid Five Phantom Pain disc, like Blu-ray disc, and then you have to you have to attach this sliver of disc to the main disc to play the full game. Oh no, that totally makes sense. Right, and you play the sliver by you insert it in an SD card reader, which is a peripheral you can buy uh, from Sony or Microsoft, but it's exclusively from by that thing that I just said. Sure, no, that makes sense. Okay, so, so there's this there's this preliminary game that came out then before. This is supposed to be like the appetizer to the entree. Is that correct? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's the first game to utilize the Fox engine, which Kojima Productions created. You mean the first Metal Gear game? Because I think that Castlevania: Lords of Shadow used the Fox engine. Wait, seriously? Yes, it did. The f- the first Lords of Shadow? Yes. I think so. Uh, Maybe this is like an upgraded Fox engine, but I'm... F- wi- no, you're wrong. Wikipedia says it'll be the first game to utilize the Oh, Fox so engine. Uh, and Wikipedia knows. You know, Wikipedia certainly knows better than an unqualified gamer. Well? Maybe it's just like Fox Productions or something that's on Castlevania Lords of Shadow. There's a fox somewhere in there in the start of that game. Really? What does it say? Uh, I don't... I don't know what it says. So according to Wikipedia, Ground Zeroes and The Phantom Pain were originally supposed to be released together, but The Phantom Pain's long development time resulted in Kojima splitting the project into two parts so that the players will get an early access to Metal Gear Solid Five. So it's kind of the pre-title sequence in a Hollywood movie due to how it will build up the plot from Phantom Pain. I'm literally just reading Wikipedia at this point. Okay. That, like, this is the least informational podcast in neither of us have played this game. No, we haven't. So, all we all we have is conjecture of the fact that you can complete the game in ten minutes. 
Okay, that is confirmed. And you can complete the game and get an S ranking in 15 to 20 minutes, which actually makes sense because it would make sense that you would get a higher ranking if you beat it more quickly. Okay, but uh, I don't know. Is that too fast? That seems too fast to me. Well, I don't know. You paid $20 for Gone Home. That was at least two hours. That was, no, that was two hours, period. Maybe two and a half. And Ground Zeroes has uh, has some side stuff that you can do after you complete the game, reportedly. What about what about that uh, that horde mode that unlocks in Gone Home when you're done beating it? Oh, when you get to fight orcs in the empty house. Yes. With all those gameplay mechanics that exist. Right. Like walking around and picking up old cans of pop that are empty. And yeah, but they're from drawers. the nineties, so oh, it's, they're from the so it's immersive, right? It's immersive because they're from okay. the nineties. Okay, okay, like how the uh, the developers have gone home, uh, bend you over and immerse themselves into your. You make me. You're really making me not like that game so much anymore. You know that. What gone home? Yeah, the episode that we spent two full hours. We spent we. <laughs> A listener could, for free, listen to us talk about Gone Home for two hours instead of paying $20 for the two-ish hours of gameplay in Gone Home. And we immerse more than than Gone Home does because we actually address the listener as a human being. Thanks for joining us once again, by the way, listener. Okay. Not you, John. Okay. Okay, so so Ground Zeroes is ten minutes long. Maybe that's a bad thing. Maybe it's not, I guess, is is our... Really, we've come to no conclusion at all. Really, that's 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 the that's the end of this conversation. <laughs> did that conversation really just happen? I I don't know where else it's supposed to go, right? So, did you drink at dinner? I had a couple glasses of wine. Look, okay, it happens. That explains why you're fun right now. I couldn't tell because you're usually not that. Which is weird because I'm normally drinking just pretty much all the time. So strange. Okay. So, back to the point that we had at hand. Metal Gear Solid, and you are far more qualified than me to talk about Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes. It is just a very short game that they're charging $40 for. Sure, okay. And are are we okay with that? I kind of am. I don't know. If people are willing to pay it, like, then, then it's their right to pay it. I mean... Agreed. I mean, my, a better analogy is South Park, the Stick of Truth, apparently is like 12 hours and you're able to get everything, do all the side quests and everything. Okay. And you mentioned that seemed long. I thought that seemed short for an RPG. It's not that it seemed long. It's that 12 hours to me seems like a... That's like a reasonable... Like, I, I talk about Platinum games a lot. A game like Bayonetta, a game like Vanquish, you know... Bayonetta is long for a platinum game. I think that usually takes about six to eight hours to complete everything. Vanquish is like a four-hour game, and it's awesome, and it's worth a full-price retail game, and it's replayable, uh, but it's only four hours. But I would still pay... I would have paid $60 for that had I known just how fun it was. I didn't, but I would have had I known how how fun it was when I bought it. And I'm also fine with it. What I was going to say is some people uh, think the Stick of Truth is not worth a $60 full price. I don't know what happened in the last 
I mean, I know Steam is more popular these days, and ga- like a lot of games go on sale these days, but I, I don't know when that transition happened that a game had to be a certain length because all the Metal Gear Solid games are between 8 and 12 hours, and they're all well worth a full price. Well, actually, the the conversation between value for dollar, like time value for dollar spent has been around for a long time in the video game space. Like People have been talking about that for a really long time in the video game space. Really? Yeah, they really, yeah, it really has been been a thing. So, when when is the first time it was ever brought up? Oh gosh, I don't know. Today? So for a really long time. Okay, so at least 10 minutes. Right. Ooh, that is a long time. I know. No. Some people can't have sex for 10 full minutes. Did you know that? Is that like a medical St- problem? Statistically, the average male is only able to have sex for 6.1 minutes. I can believe that. It's definitely true. I can believe that. Well, good, because you just can't. Because I have it. to. Because I have to believe you it. literally have to believe it. Sure. So, I'm glad we could come to an agreement on that. So, listener, if you're just joining us, if you're just joining <laughs> like if you were just flipping up and down the dial and found us, or you had a seizure and accidentally clicked on halfway through the episode, this is Unqualified Gamers. And you should go get that checked out. And you should get that checked out. Where two experts on video games give you the inside scoop on what it's like to not know anything about video games. Yeah. So, listener, fortunately, fortunately, we have a robust audience of listeners. Would you call them robust? That's rude. That means fat. Not not in the physical sense, but in the in the sense sense. Do you see what I'm throwing down? Sure, I smell what you're stepping in. Thank you. So, listener, fortunately, a lot of our listeners have some great some great gaming uh, hobbies, uh, repertoire, if you will. Some great gaming uh, decoupage, uh, re- one might re- say. It's repertoire. It's French. Is it repertoire? No. Okay. So, speaking of repertory, listener, uh, listeners have been playing video games. Listen, <laughs> I forgot what what definite articles are. Listeners play games. <laughs> Wait a minute. Have you been drinking before this episode? I may as well. I don't know what the deal is tonight. We're loopy. Yeah, you're you're tripping over all of your words. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So. What the point of this now two or three minute long transition is supposed to be is, hey listener, let, we're going to talk for a second about what you played this weekend via our Google Plus page. And when you hear this episode right now that you're listening to, go ahead and leave a comment on our podcast at unqualifiedgamers.com or check us out on Google Plus where we always ask what you're playing this weekend. So, hey, thanks for listening. Tell us what you're playing this weekend. But last weekend, what were our listeners playing? Well, Mafia N Clasher 17, Mafia N Clasher. So I, it's either Mafia N Clasher or Mafia N Clasher. Maybe the, N, you, maybe the N is supposed to be a space. So it's really just like Mafia Clasher. Like, you know how some people use X's and they, you don't like pronounce the X? Yes, yes. Okay. So maybe, okay. maybe it's Mafia Clasher. Okay, so Mafia Clasher 17 says, I'm going to be playing a lot of Dynasty Warriors 8, Ashura's Wrath, and Ken's Rage 2, 
And when I get Xbox Live up and running again, I'll get back to my beloved Gears of War 3. I think I actually talked about Ashura's Wrath in one of our episodes. That game is awesome. I literally don't remember you talking about that I know. That that's game. because it's a very easily missed gem. What is Ken's Rage 2? I have no idea. Okay, and, and Hyrule Warriors is a Dynasty Warriors game, right? Right. So there's eight Dynasty Warriors games? Dude, there, I think there's more than that. Have you never Ugh. played a Dynasty Warriors game? No, have you? Yes. Are they good? No. No. <laughs> wow. No, they're... So, yeah. Sorry, Mafia Clasher. John does not approve of you playing They are, game. like, the most... Bu- like, if you want mindless beat-em-up fun, they have a place, right? So they're a, they're a game with a, a place... I guess, but it it is like the most mindless, button mashy stuff, ever. So not your type. No. Okay. Moving briskly along to something you can probably agree with, Nora was playing Pokemon X and Fire Emblem Awakening, which you got Pokemon X, correct? I did. Oh my god! In May, when I come visit you, we are going to trade so many Pokemon. Do, do we have to? Yes! So, bust out your game. Maybe I'll start playing that game again. Yeah, maybe you'll start playing it. Maybe you'll save it this time. Yeah, I'll probably try to save it this time. Listen, rewind to like 10 or so episodes ago if you want to hear the story of how John doesn't know how to save games. Because, uh, autosave is in all the games these days. I can't play if there's not an autosave. I can't play if there's not a tutorial. I don't know to run right in the Mario Brothers unless a little fairy tells me to. God, you sound exactly like me. Crawler3333, or 3333. That's probably more likely what it is. Or 3333. That's dumb is playing Adventure Quest and Adventure Quest Worlds on a weekly basis at the moment and also doing daily quests on Tanoth Online. I don't know any of those things. That's why we're unqualified. All right. Well, kudos. Cheers to you, Crawler. Threes uh, for stumping us. All right. Uh, Anas? Anas? A-N-A-S-S? Anas? No, I, think, Anas. I think like Anas, like you are. Anas. Uh, Anas is going to try playing Team Fortress 2 and Glacier 3. What is Glacier 3? Uh, is that the game where you have to destroy the that cruise ship? That implies... That was an iceberg. That implies that... There's literally no difference. <laughs> that implies that there were two other games named Glacier? <laughs> I, I don't know. Are our listeners just f***ing with us? One of these days, we seriously need to we don't, take whatever the listener is playing this weekend and just play it. Well, some like, a lot of the games we have, I mean, it's... But, like I said, Glacier 3 implies there have been two other Glacier games, which... I, it, do you play as a Glacier? Because they move really slow. You mean they move really slowly? One of them. Adverbs, John. Adverbs. We're at least qualified to speak English, are we not? I tried to tell you I don't know what that is. All right, so Jamie Butterworth, our good buddy, is going to be playing Steam World's Dig, more Weapon Shop de Omase, more Pokemon Conquest, and probably some Unepic on Wii U. 
I've I've wanted to get on Epic. It's a uh, it's a roguelike, procedurally generated thing, two D platformer. Okay, I know what a roguelike is. Thank you. Yeah, no, no, but it, but it's also procedurally generated. That is what a roguelike is. Not always. What is procedurally gen? Is that like that uh, means it's generated that... as you play? Rogue, by that... listen, rogue rogue legacy is not procedurally generated. It is all generated up front. Okay. Procedurally generated is generated as you play the game. Like uh, robots and unicorns, or what was that game? Candy Crush Saga. Now, what was the uh, what was the really popular uh, game that was really hard? What the f- it's called like fairies and clouds or Cloudberry Kingdom. Yes. Is that procedurally generated? Yes, those levels are procedurally generated. They are generated. There's a new level after you complete your current level. Okay, great. That is generated on the fly. Okay, I'm bored of this story. What's the what's the moral of it? That you're you're so wrong about so many things, and I'm just trying to point that out to you. Miles has been playing Tomb Raider, Injustice Gods Among Us, Thief, and a lot of Skyrim. Tomb. I gotta check out that new Tomb Raider game. Sure. Didn't you play it? I did. Why didn't you review it? Because I didn't like it. I th- I just thought it was really boring. I thought you said it wasn't that bad. Yeah, it's. So it's, and that I think that's probably the why it's the har- it's hard for me to talk about because it's not, not that bad is like not fun to talk about. It's it's very generic. It's very generic action game. Okay, well w- we still have to talk about what more listeners were playing. There's a couple more, but that's gonna transition into some conversation I want to have about Bravely Default. Sure, I can get behind cool. that too. Yep. All right, and uh, actually, well, actually, there's one left. So Christopher. My experience with video games over the weekend was going to a two-hour Smash Brothers event at my local library. While there were only 12 people there, it was a great two hours with Project M. Thanks for telling me about that, guys. You're welcome, Christopher. And my first experience with Melee. So he had never played Smash Brothers Melee before, and this was his first time with Project M. So that's pretty exciting. Interesting. We went to the. We lived in the wrong city if they're having Smash Brothers events at libraries in other cities. Yeah, seriously, that's awesome. That is awesome. It's super cool. Uh, Project M, for for those listeners who, who forget, is a homebrew, essentially, that lets you modify Super Smash Bros. Brawl to replace the physics and game mechanics with physics and game mechanics more similar to those in Smash Bros. Melee. Uh, Brawl is not generally considered a tournament-worthy game. It's not really a competitive game. And Smash Brothers Melee is actually, they just announced it's going to be at Evo this year? It is going to be at Evo this year, with the blessing of yeah. Nintendo, which is pretty cool. Yes, which is fantastic. Because there was, there was some controversy about that, because Nintendo said you couldn't stream their games, and <laughs> people were like, what the hell is wrong with you, Nintendo? Like, why would you not want free publicity? Yeah, and, especially for a game that's not sold anymore. Right, and then they crawled out it, of their old manholes, and they're like, okay, you're right, this is probably a good thing. Yeah, so so essentially it turns Brawl into a competitively playable game, which means that they took out all the characters but Fox, all the levels but Final Destination, and took out all the items. <laughs> I see what you did just, there. Just kidding, but, but kind of not, not really. really. Yeah, so that's really cool. I, I downloaded Project M, played it for one match, and then realized, well, this is pretty much Melee. 
and I like Brawl better. So I just stuck to Brawl. I, I just, I don't, I tried the competitive scene back, I went to Melee FC Diamond, which was the largest Smash Brothers tournament in the country at its time, like five, seven, when did I go? Seven years ago? Six years ago? Something, I don't know. A, a while back, and it, it just, Mewtwo King was there, and PC Chris was there. Those are two big names in the Smash scene, and a couple other ones, and it, like, I, it was, they're too good. They just, it's, it's, I don't do competitive Smash. I like Brawl. My favorite match in Melee was bonus matches, because you would get bonus points for using items. Do you remember that, those? Yeah, they were horrible. Uh, because I won all of them. Sure, that's one of the reasons. You could take me in a stock or a tie match, but like no one could touch me in bonus matches. And I think it just it's just because they gave awards that happened to favor my playstyle. Like I was in the air a lot, and I'd get a bunch of points for being in the air a lot and things like that. I think people stopped caring about five minutes ago. So what I'm thinking... Hey, Chris also said, even though this isn't video game related, I thought I might mention that I got my learner's permit. So happy. So congratulations on that, Chris, and drive safely. And here's an interesting stat that relates to driving and kids. Did you know that like when in, back in the 80s, uh, I think, I think it, the stat I heard was like 91% of kids got their license when they turned 16. Do you know that that's down to like 71%? When are they getting it? I don't know. Like, I guess kids just don't care about driving anymore. What the hell is that? I didn't get my la- uh, my my license until I was 17. What the hell's wrong with you? You guys all drove me everywhere. I didn't need to drive. You little bitch. Yeah, well, sorry I was thinking ahead. Sorry I was thinking ahead. What were you going to say? What, 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 what worthless... Transition, were you going to frailly attempt before I I interjected with that driving statistic? I didn't have a worthless transition. It was golden, but it's gone now. Tell me about it. Tell me about how golden it was. No, you're not worthy of it at this point. Okay. Well, listener, in case you're lost and you have no clue what the structure of this podcast is at this point, I think we did a really good job of talking about a game none of us have played, then talking about a bunch of games other people have played. I think we're we're doing all right. Yeah. Well, that's what makes us unqualified. It is. And now we get into the, the meat of the podcast. Just the... Just the... Just the... Yeah. Of the podcast. Yep, that's where we're going. Our weekends, followed by talking about Bravely Default. So, yeah, and other well, some some more overarching, grander, more grandiose video game. Uh, so, how uh, was your weekend? <laughs> I don't remember what I did. How was yours? It was good. Good. That's it. That's it. What did nah. you do? Did you work? Was it a work weekend? It wasn't. This next one is. I took care of a baby. That was a thing. Um, and that was about it. I started to, like, actually, I've, I told you I've, like, gone back to the gym and, like, been lifting, like, actually lifting weights again, which is something I hadn't done in a long time. And I basically dread it every time that I go. I'm not, what? I'm not, Why? Because I'm not the kind of guy that, like likes to exercise it's 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 a chore to me unfortunately oh. I, I i would love to be the guy that loved to exercise but uh, you know like i have like a set routine of exercises that i do and when i'm like looking down the list of things that i'm scheduled to do that day it's 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 more like me going like i really really don't want to do that like i i know it's gonna hurt 
etc. So I like I I went to the gym a couple times and it felt good after I was done, but in the moment it wasn't all that great. Otherwise, I took care of uh took care of my little boy and he's doing awesome. And uh yeah, that's kind of about it. Good. And and so when you go to the gym, what like what kind of routine are you on? Like a 3 days a week split, 2 days, 4 days? Do you isolate muscle groups? It's three. I do three days a week, and it's kind of an all over. It's a, it's a full body set over the course of a week that I found and liked. So that's what I use. I will say something, and I may have actually even said this in the last episode. I can't remember. That's how all of my days have been blurring together now that I have a newborn. But um, I'll find myself like, I'll sit down, and it'll be like ten in the morning. And I'll have my coffee, and Max will be there. Max is my little boy. And uh, my wife will be, like, sleep- sleeping because she desperately needs to sleep when she can. And um, I'll be, like, helping – you know, I'll go, like, change a diaper. I'll calm Max down from crying. I'll, like, sit down. I'll look something up on the internet. I'll uh, uh, bounce Max in his little bouncy chair. Um, I'll – I'll play with him a little bit. Um, I'll go back. I'll change another diaper. I'll feed him. You know, uh, Casey will wake up. Just stuff is happening. And by the time I realize that I haven't done anything, it's like three in the afternoon. Like the time goes by so incredibly fast now. And I have no idea where it goes because I swear to God, I'm not taking 15 minutes to change a diaper. I'm pretty damn fast now, but I don't know where the time is going. Uh, now that he's around, um, it's fine. It's not a bad thing, but it's just, I, I can't believe how fast days go by now. Hmm. So that was kind of my weekend. I mean, my weekend, like, you know, whereas with no baby, the weekend probably would have been very relaxing with, with a baby. It's not that it wasn't relaxing, but it's just, it went by really fast and I feel like I have like nothing to show for it. And again, that's okay. Mm. Like I, I've got a, I've got a baby, so like he's kind of what I have to show for it. But I didn't paint anything. I didn't create a new sonnet. I didn't, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. So I did play a lot of Bravely Default, though. That's good. Video games are good, and you're not. You don't have a like a TV show you have on during any of this baby rearing, this child rearing. We do actually. My wife and I are rewatching. Uh, the the family friendly Breaking Bad. So, um, they just put the last episodes on Netflix, which we hadn't seen. So we haven't actually even watched those yet. We're watching the entire series over again. And in two, two weeks, um, actually more like a week, we've watched four seasons. That's how much sitting time you get with a new baby. <laughs> wow. That is how much sitting time you get with a new baby folks. Uh, so and you don't want to take this opportunity to watch something new like Sherlock or, well, Something? well, we wanted to watch those last episodes, but it's been so long since we've been into Breaking Bad that it was like, hey, I remember this show being really good. We should watch the whole thing over again. That was my bright idea. That's fine. Oh, and it's really good all over again, by the way. Well, no, I mean, and that makes sense that it would be not that good of an idea if you're the one that had it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're kind of a dick. Thank you. So you really can't remember what you did this weekend. Well, that's good. You were probably at some teenage party. I don't know, either getting roofied or roofing somebody. No, actually, uh, you're 
your workout thing made me think about my exercise routine because I used to do a couple summers ago, I got crazy into working out and I was just doing it all the time. And then last summer, less so, it was more like a couple summers ago, it was four days a week straight up, sometimes like five if I needed to. And or four days at the gym and then like a day of P90X abs or something, ab ripper X at home. And then last summer, a few days which, a week. Which I used to do that three times a week. That is the worst. It's the worst. And I'll, I'll, it's probably the worst, I think, for a different reason than you, and I'll get to that in a second. But then last summer, I, I went three to four times a week, maybe a couple times once here, here or there. And then over the winter, I just became a sloth. And then in January, I, you know, I holidays were less crazy or, or non-existent anymore. Started going more. And I couldn't do the isolation thing anymore. I just couldn't do the do four chest exercises and four tricep exercises. And I and then the next day do four shoulder exercises and four bicep exercises and four like it it was just turning into like a two hour thing. And it was it just took forever. So I switched and now I'm doing the just since I only go one or two days a week, I switched to the full body deal where it's literally just bench press, squats, and de- deadlifts. Sure. And just do as much as I can. And I would, I mean, I'd be covered in sweat when I left the gym. A couple times, like working out to the point where I thought I was going to vomit, throw up, which is a good sign. It means you're working out really hard. Is and, that a uh, good sign? I think so. Okay. So that it was going well, and I did that for a while. And. I I actually my like knee my left knee was a bit sore a couple months ago so I went to a physical therapist and he told me my knee and actually I had some some problems bench pressing cuz like some nondescript part of my arm was getting sore and he said that it was because my core is really weak he had me do some planks and my core was just very weak because even in my crazy isolation routine two years ago and then last year, even though sometimes I did ab or X, I never did enough of it. So my core was really weak compared to the rest of my body and my joints are suffering because your whole body is connected in crazy ways. I've been learning these things. I, I have people that I know who will have a, sho- a really bad shoulder pain and it's because one of their hips is bad. And things like that, like really crazy interconnected body issues. So I decided I want a stronger core, and I, but my joints hurt. Well, guess what focuses really hard on that? Playing guess video what, games? Guess what routine? Playing video games. So now I play 15 hours of Halo every Saturday. How does your core feel? Great. I don't do that. I was actually referring to DDP Yoga. Diamond Dallas Page Yoga? Yes. I don't know what this is. I think you were making a joke, but it's literally Diamond Dallas Shut Page Yoga. Shut the f- No, it's not. Yes, it is. Shut the f*** up. DDP Yoga. Go Google it. Oh my god. It is It is actually Diamond Dallas Page? Yes. He was on Shark Tank a few weeks ago trying to get them to invest in DDP Yoga. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So all right. All right. All right. All right. It works on your core. This is the that dumbest thing I've, I've, I've done. Ever. I've done this for one day, mind you. Okay. So I, I I learned the move. So I've got the DVDs. Monday, the first DVD when you start is you literally just learn the moves. Do you it's, have to call. do the diamond cutter? The diamond cutter is a move. You've got to be f***ing kidding me. But it's I not. can't deal with this. This is you're f***ing with me. 
No, I'm not. Google it on your phone right now. I can't do this. Okay. DDP Yoga. Okay. Keep talking. This is good. I got DDP Yoga. The you learn the first DVD is the Diamond Dozen, and it's twelve. I think actually it's thirteen. Yeah, it's thirteen different positions that you have to learn for when you do yoga or when you're doing DDP yoga. So he does the 13 positions. He's like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then you do it with me. And then he, he does it and he's screaming at you the whole time. And he's talking about engaging. Does, because does, he, have that, does he have that gross, long, greasy hair still? No, it's it's DDP always had, sh- at least since I watched him, he had short hair. Like he had long hair before. I thought he did. When he was in WWE, which is one I never watched WCW back in the day. I only watched the last like two episodes of Nitro. Wait, okay, it do- uh, look, it doesn't matter. Okay, so th- positions. He's got you in all these funky positions. So he does the positions, and then uh, today it was actually supposed to be my second day, but I'm gonna have to do it tomorrow instead because of scheduling issues. But I'm going to do uh, you rewatch that first DVD, so I'll relearn the Diamond Dozen as a refresh, and then go into the first DVD. But what you said that made me think about it is I watched a bunch of review videos, and people rave about it. They're saying that it strengthens your core and gets you really cut and helps you lose weight and become much more flexible. The results are apparently nearly instantaneous. And there's a lot of testimonials, and and I know there usually always are, I guess, but it just feels different than the buzz around P90X because this is all dynamic resistance, so there's no weights involved. It's yoga. It's not P90X. It's not weights. It's yoga. But you're using dynamic resistance. You're basically flexing your own muscles, creating your own resistance, and doing push-ups in certain ways to kind of maximize your muscles. But... It's not supposed to put any pressure on any of your joints, which is specifically why I wanted to do it. But I watched a video specifically comparing it to P90X, and it broke down the DVD length and the days per week you needed to exercise and the amount of time investment you had to do. And you end up doing, it's less than a third, I think, of the amount of time P90X takes because the I looked and the next DVD, the first DVD I'm going to do, the Diamond Dozen you learn in about 35 minutes. The DVD I'm doing after that is 23 minutes. It's 23 or 24 minutes. Whereas like Ab Ripper X and P90X, that's like a 40 minute thing, isn't it? Ab Ripper X wasn't. It was more like 14 minutes, but that was its only little its own little thing. It doesn't matter. Ab Ripper was 20 minimum. It was not 14. It was it was short. But they're all longer. I mean the sure. the weight ones are like are very long. Sure. So I'm really excited about it. I'll I'll keep everyone posted on how it goes. By the next time we record, I will have only done two or three things. So obviously too short of a time span to really see any difference, I'm guessing. But I'm excited about it. I, I'm excited because it, it seems low time investment, high returns. Yeah, and most good things in life are that. I am optimistic. Sure. About it. So that's one of the things I did this weekend. Good. I was also in Rockford for St. Patrick's Day, and that was really fun. Anybody get really, really drunk? No, because I wasn't in Chicago. Where that kind of thing happens. Yes. Chicago. For, listener, if you don't live in Chicago, if you... Oh, God. It's Chicago... St. Patrick's Day in Chicago is amateur hour. It's... Everyone... 
thinks that it's their job to get unhealthily drunk. Mm-hmm. Like, not just a little drunk. It's their job to say, I want to be blackout drunk by noon. And it's Monday. And it's so it's really hard to deal with around the city is what you're Everyone, saying. Everyone, oh, man. It's like there are more there are more unsafely drunk people on St. Patrick's Day than there are slutty Halloween costumes on Halloween. That's crazy to me. It's it's so bad. It's so bad. Like, I, I'm over it. In my early 20s, it was fun. In my mid-20s, it was kind of fun. But honestly, there were the, like, two St. Patrick's Days I spent in Chicago and had a girlfriend, we just ended up in huge fights because whoever I was dating at the time would get disgustingly drunk and just get really angry. And most of the drunk people on St. Patrick's Day are fighting angry drunk. There are not that many. Well, you've got to celebrate the Irish heritage of St. Patrick's Day. It's it's stupid. It's stupid and it's sloppy, and I'm I'm not a fan. There are some family friendly festivities, but I I frankly was thrilled I was in Rockford for it. I actually during the parade. So uh, my dad actually founded the City of Rockford Pipe Band. He's a bagpipe player, and one of his pipers that he taught. He taught how to play the bagpipes, and I actually – he was the first guy I ever personal trained with uh, for like – oh, God, that was like 15 years ago. But this guy Aaron actually proposed to his girlfriend during the parade. But the way he did it was he 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 got a horse. He Like you do. Like – yeah, like you do. He paid – a horse trainer or whatever to rent his horse or something. So he rides a horse. He paid a horse. All right. Yeah, he he was riding a horse decked out in full Celtic war gear. He had a metal helmet and the tartan across his shoulders, and he looked like he was in Braveheart, and rode the horse with the pipe band, and then there was a spot in the parade where the parade stops for the Highland dancers to do a little dance in the middle of the parade, like the Macy's Day Parade, how that stops and then... They do stuff. They, yeah, they deflate and, all the balloons. Right. The Highland dancers were dancing and whatever, and then he dismounted the horse, proposed, like, took his helmet off, proposed to his girlfriend. All the news stations pick it up. You can Google it. Irish uh, St. Patrick's Day proposal in Rockford. You can Google it. It's on all the news station sites. And he proposed to her. She said yes, which was great. Gets back on the horse, pulls her up on the horse with him, and then rides the horse through the rest of the parade. That would have been a really awkward no. It would have been a really awkward <laughs> So that was kind of cool. Sure, that is cool. So that that was how I celebrated my St. Patrick's Day. And then I, I heard the bagpipe plant band play some more, and it was wonderful. Good. And I did, I did something else this weekend that actually made me think of you, and I can't remember what, so it probably you, wasn't important. You saw a baby. So that... Mm, I, met, I met one of our friend's baby. So that's the first baby I've met. It freaked me out, so when I meet your baby, I'm totally going to freak out again. That's totally fine. It's going to be a lot of freaking out involved. I kind of freak out when I meet him still. It's very weird Like, it, like when you I, have a baby. When I wake up and there's a baby there, it, it is kind of weird. I can't do it. I can't. I'm. It's going to be It's gonna be weird. You'll get there. For me. I'm trying. He's at least really cute. He is really cute. So, like, I don't have to lie about him being cute. Sure. So this Bravely Default game. It's a game? I talked about it last week because I just started it. I've played a lot more of it now. You talked about it because you had played the demo, and you have since bought it. Yes. I had one 
more optional boss in the demo because to, to recap listener if you beat all the bosses in the demo you get equipment that you can transfer to the full game you actually don't have to beat them all but i wanted to beat them all so i beat the last boss i was going to rockford for the weekend on a bus is that how i was i thought i was gonna bus there so it was gonna be a long trip so you were gonna bring a console i well no hell dude my ds are you kidding half the time i'll be sitting at home playing my ds instead of watching like playing a game on tv right and that's what i'm saying is that you weren't gonna bring home a console that's why you brought your your ds right and i wanted something other than pokemon just in case i got bored of pokemon sure and because i knew i was going to a saint patrick's day parade and I thought that would be a very good opportunity to street pass people. Yes, I'm now revolving my life around who I can street pass. Yeah, that just shows you that just shows you how sad the street passing scene is in America. No, what's really cool is when I got back to Chicago, I I take a bus to O'Hare Airport and then I take the train into the city to get home. Sure. So while I was at O'Hare, I street passed somebody who lives in Japan. That's pretty cool. So I got somebody in that region. So I think now on weekends, I may just take the train out to O'Hare and just walk around street passing Okay, people. that's pretty ridiculous. You probably don't need to do that. I don't see why not. But I got the full game Bravely Default. I'm only a few hours into it, and I like it so far. How far are you in it? I am – to my understanding, there are five chapters. There are four crystals. It's generic Final Fantasy kind of – There's more than five chapters. Tropes. Are there? Yes. Okay, so I, I don't know how many chapters there are, but I have just I am basically at the fight. I am at the fire crystal, which is the third crystal. Hmm. And my characters are all like around level 50-ish, 51. Whoa. So I've been playing for quite a quite a while. Yeah, my characters are around level 10. I'm in the midst of chapter 1. I just got the thief job class and the merchant job class. Yeah. So you just did those optional quests. Yes, just finished the optional quests. Sure. Yes. So one of the things that I like about the game, talking about those optional quests, are those optional quests. Um, you'll see them throughout. Listener, if you if you if you're playing this game, you'll see them like at some point in the game they they open up and they give you a little tutorial about them, and they're they are I guess completely optional, and you do them because they unlock new jobs, and they're not small quests. They're usually pretty substantial. Um, like they may take hours of your, of your time on the side. Um, but they're kind of cute little fun stories on the side most of the time. Um, and some of the, some of the enemy characters that you encounter, because the way you get new job classes in this game is you have to defeat the enemy that gives you the asterisk. I don't know why they call it that, but that's (laughs) so like, like. Cody just beat the 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 thief enemy that that held the thief asterisk. So that's what Cody just received which allows his characters to be thieves. I'm Cody. Right. So the but the enemies, those optional enemies tend to have some of the best character. Like there's a pirate job class that you can unlock that is an optional quest. Spoilers. And the pirate is hilarious and awesome. So I really like those side quests. I think that they're they're kind of like a really nice, well done thing, and it it could add some like uh, some challenge to the game if you ever replayed it to be like, all right, well I'm going to play it, and I'm not going to do optional quests. I'm just going to try to do it with base jobs that you get throughout the game. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I I think the writing is really good and cute. It is for the most. It is part. It is. It's it's cute and it's it's light and it's kind of. I don't know. It's. I guess it's. I guess it's a little nice for a change because so much of so much of Japanese role playing games are like I'm out to save the world and and every and all of that kind of stuff. Except the main story is all about you being out to save the world. The light writing to which you are referring is just all of this optional stuff you can see. Uh, what I meant more is so this is what I wanted to talk about about the game specifically is you mentioned. You mentioned the plot is nothing special, right? So far, yeah. I And I'm much further in, and I still haven't seen anything spectacular. Yeah, and I'll, I'll get to that in a second. As an aside, I think the characters are well-written enough. I think that their, their, interaction, their interactions with each other are often humorous. Especially, I mean, uh, I, especially on those optionally seen side dialogue things yes yeah when you hit the y button yeah they're pretty good yeah i mean ring a belza is just or Bunavelza is that his name i think it's Bunavelza. Bunavelza. Buna, <laughs> Bunavelza. I, I can't i can't so bad uh ring a bell ring a bell yeah, ring a bell is funny because he reminds you of you yes i i understand yeah, well, Rigabel is like a Playboy character, and he talks about women, but literally every line he has is about women. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. Yeah, it's true. We should go to this new city and see if they have any water. Yes, and maybe while we're there, we'll find some fine ladies to give me water. Oh, I had water once with a fine lady. Like, every line of his has to do with women, and I think that's hilarious and the fact that most of the characters either ignore it or acknowledge it condescendingly is it reminds me of me reminds me of yeah me. it's that it's that over the topness that's kind of funny i will say there's some really weird stuff in the game in terms of like things that seem like they're blatantly unnecessary like sexually like there was there was a tutorial part that said that said something about the game being able to be played with one hand, and then some like, cre- did you see that? Was, I did. And uh, when you I did. when you saw that, were you like, what the hell is this? I did see that. Yeah, I did see that. And it's like I don't know if you're trying to be like funny, but I think like with that, you I don't know, you just kind of miss the mark, and you just come off as creepy. Game, you come off as creepy. Well, you know they censored some of the they, outfits. I believe for they the US. lengthened skirts for some of the stuff in the U.S. And, and covered up some covered up some skin. I think there was like a midriff in a costume. That yeah, so that happened. I, I don't. I, yeah. Anyway, I found that funny. But yeah, Ringabell's cute. They're all cute. Everybody's cute, and they're and they're side talks. Sure. So my my question for you, my. What I would like to pose to you, my my countenance that I would like to pose to you, my what is the word I'm looking for? Decoupage. My, my yes, my decoupage. The what, what my quandary. It's not a quandary, but the thing I wanted to talk to you about is so this game has received some very widely praised for the most part, but it's gotten some pretty specific criticism about the lack of depth in the plot or the generic writing in the plot. And so on and so on, et cetera, et cetera. And about kind of not being exciting, but the gameplay is really fun. And there are, I feel like it's being held to a higher standard of needing 
a good story, a, a quote-unquote good story, than other games just because it's an RPG. And I can kind of see why, but I also kind of don't understand that. Well, so, okay. I guess I can kind of agree with you. And I think the reason is probably because role-playing games are generally... It is generally accepted that that the story should should at least have equal weight in terms of like what you are paying attention to as a player right as the gameplay whereas yes. in other games it's it's generally easy and accepted to kind of like if there's a story there it's okay to throw that away if you're like just looking at the game in terms of gameplay like a, like a first person shooter like Call of Duty right like people jump into the multiplayer of that where there is no story and they just play the multiplayer and that's all they play. And I, I think that happened because RPGs set a precedent with storytelling in the first several role-playing games. The Final Fantasy series had elaborate storylines, and then the Suikoden series. Suikoden? Suikoden? Suikoden. Whatever it is. Suikoden, sure. And the the Chrono Triggers, there was one good one. But, you know, a lot of RPGs had good storylines, but in this day and age... Braid is a side-scroller and has a mind-blowing story. Bastion is a beat-em-up and has an incredibly good story. Yeah, and the I think part of the problem now is that because games have become so much more complex and interactive, your turn-based strategy, your, turn, your turn-based role-playing game, while it does throw this new wrench of braving and defaulting, which, listener, there's a new system in this game, it could be, it could be the most generic battle system. Except they throw in a wrench with a system called Brave and Default, and basically it's, it's a system to store up extra actions as well as defend. So instead of defending now, you actually you, you use a command called Default, and it both defends and stores an action for later. And then when you use the Brave command, which you can use up to three times, it gives you an extra action for the turn. So you can use these stored points to take multiple actions in the same turn. You can actually also go negative, but then in order to take another action, you have to wait for the points to build back up because you automatically get a point every turn. So yeah. it could be the most generic system ever except for this Brave and Default. But the point that I was trying to make is that games have become so much more complex and kind of like twitch and reaction based that you throw a turn based role playing game in there now and the 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 battle system is much less novel than it used to be right because a turn based system is is the first system that was ever used really for final fantasy i mean it's not even that, an active it's not even an active time battle it's not even it's not even actions happening while your characters are preparing other actions. I mean, it is literally like you could sit there and you could plan out your action for as long as you want before you input stuff. So, you know, one could argue that there's really not a lot of complicated gameplay there. There's maybe some some complicated decision-making, but in terms of, like, the actual... And I guess maybe that's part of the gameplay, but, it, like, the actual act of playing the game is not complicated. To which, if that's what you are looking for... Or if if that's you know one aspect that you're looking at of the game, then and you find that maybe not the most exciting thing, and it's a role playing game, you'd then expect, hey, well, I, I you know I can at least have the story to fall back on, and maybe that's why the story 
in this particular case is getting attention. So that makes sense. I think that there is more to an innovative, there's more to a a well-made battle system than just what you're inputting because another huge part of the game is balance. And I feel like the balance of difficulty in this game is really well done. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to say something that's So the way that my the way that I'm playing this game and I don't know if I I don't want to say like I figured something out that nobody else did. But unfortunately for me, the way that this game has now gone is I will put my characters on auto. I'll basically have everybody braved. I will for all of their actions. I have two characters that deal physical damage and then two characters that deal magic damage. It's kind of my standard setup when I have a four person party that I have various options for them. And so every character starts with four actions in every battle that I'm fighting. And my Physical characters will attack for all four actions. My magic characters use magic spells for two actions and then use physical attacks for their two actions. And I have literally auto-battled for the entire game other than boss fights. And I'm, hmm. I'm not kidding. And that has not been that fun. It's, it, it has not been that fun. That being said, the boss fights are phenomenal. They are really good. They are hard. And they, they make you plan very well. Uh, to beat them. And in fact, one of the reasons why I am at where I'm at in the game is I am stuck on a boss currently. Um, but the random battles at this point now are, and I have a feeling that I'm going to walk like this throughout most of the game. There may come a point in like the final dungeons or something where I don't, but it, it's, it's been kind of, it's been kind of disappointing. So when I kick it up to hard mode, I suppose I could do that. Except the bosses are so challenging. So I could kick it down. Well, then, kick, then you kick, then it, I down. kick it down. normal. You know what? I haven't tried that, and maybe I'll try that the next time I go into the game. Give it a shot. I mean, for me, like I'm not good at video games sometimes, so I'm fine on normal. Sure. Although I I do auto battle a lot as well. Usually, I just have ring a bell attack four times because he's a monk right now and he does ridiculous damage. And I also bought some really good expensive claws from the one of the shops that I built. I'm like coming up. I mean, I've had the game a week and I'm coming up on maxing out all the shops, by the way, because I've been. Well, I have 30 people in my in in my village that I'm rebuilding. So sure. So listener, going, there's a there's a village that gets destroyed at the very beginning of the game and you are tasked. It's just a way that they put social hooks in the game. You are tasked as your characters with rebuilding the village. As, as kind of the, the main character of the story. One of the main characters. So you dedicate people to rebuilding these areas. And then you go away in, for like a certain amount of real time. And then the buildings in the village, like the weapon shop will be upgraded. Or the item shop will be upgraded. Up to a maximum level of 11. So, um, and each time they're upgraded, there's like a, a, a traveling merchant throughout the game that allows you to buy items that you've unlocked. And you can unlock some really good stuff. Yeah, and I have unlocked most of it. <laughs> because I had 30 people in my village from street passing from the demo, because they all transferred. Sure. And I'm also able to... So I get what you're saying about the difficulty maybe being a little off. But 
I've also heard that you can you can horribly break the game by summoning friends. Okay. Have you summoned any friends? I don't have any friends. Oh my god, you're doing it so wrong. Why are we not 3DS friends? I don't know how to do that. I we're doing that when we do, are done recording. Okay. So I have my friend Jordan registered as a friend on my 3DS because I when I got my 3DS I registered all my friends' friend codes that I had. I need to get Jamie's friend code as well because apparently he has a beast of a character in Bradley Default. So you can register your friends just like you would on your Wii or Wii U and put in their friend code, and then when you save the game, you can update the data, quote-unquote, in your Bravely Default save data. What that does is it downloads data of people on your friends list, as well as sends out a couple random invites. I think I got some guy from France on my on my game now. And it pulls in their character. And what you can do during battle is record an action. You can either send or summon an action. So if you send an action, let's say I have ring a bell, brave twice, and then use certain attacks. I'll select that I'm sending that action. And then when someone connects to my character and my console, it sends a version of ring a bell doing that move so that in battle they can select summon friend and have my ring a bell as one of their actions. They can have my ring a bell pop in and do that attack and then disappear. And when I, when I updated my data, it automatically pulled in Jordan's character's data. Jordan has beaten the game and he has a level of 50 something something. And the action he sent is some kind of magic spell that has, a power of like 4,400 as opposed to, I mean, my characters are level 10. So if at any point I want to obliterate anyone, I could just summon his character into battle, have it do that signature attack that he sent through the network and completely destroy them in one move. Sweet. And so that's why I want to register you is, I mean, I haven't, I actually need to update my send. I haven't sent anything lately, so I need to update my send uh, with a decent attack. But then when I register you and I update data, suddenly whatever you've sent last, let's say you'd send something tonight, it just stores that in your data so that when I get your game's data, I can summon your black mage to cast a level three fire spell on all opponents with 6,000 power. I mean that's a that's a pretty cool system. It's a cool system that that can hypothetically break the game, which some people see as bad. I, however, like games that let you break them a little bit, because for me personally, I'm not going to abuse that. I haven't used Jordan's overpowered character to crush a boss. I wouldn't just download your data to crush a boss and then wait a couple days, download your data again and do that. But I miss the days where you would beat a game and get and then and then get an invincibility code and be able to play through it again or get some like level select code to let you do whatever you want. I think games are are way too inflexible these days. Rogue Legacy, I hope when you beat that game, it would be great if they had some kind of god mode that let you just boss rush or something where you're not really able to get hurt. Or the Halo games. My god, Halo 3, I wanted to replay that horrible bug level near the end of the game that's just atrociously hard that took me hours to get through. I want to play through that with infinite grenades and ammo so I can just destroy everything. Because it's really satisfying 
as a gamer to go and just crush. So if I'm having a really hard time on a boss, I don't want to kick it down to easy mode. I want to be able to summon a friend, deal one devastating blow to kind of serve as a handicap, and then deal with the rest of the battle. And I love that. I like that a lot. So that's how I feel about the the social component of the game. But obviously you can't relate to that because you don't do that. Right. I knew you could do that. I just haven't really messed around with it. And maybe I'll take a look at that more. Um, I will say about the story um, that there is... there The way that they have the, the chapters structured, it started off much more gener- like kind of generically than it has it has turned into. Like, chapter three has been a very... I think it has been a very interesting chapter. They do some really... I don't think that they kind of understand the necessarily the gravity of some of their their writing. I'll give you an example. It's a minor spoiler, like super minor. It's actually not important to the main 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 plot at all. But there's a character who very casually talks about how he committed genocide of a hundred thousand people of this other race of people, and like it's it's just kind of thrown away in for the most part in the story. And it's like you, it does it like it that kind of stuff. Like it just that is incredibly severe, and it does not fit with a lot of the rest of the tone of the game. But I find some of those moments throughout the game, and they're they're a little jarring when you're t- kind of talking about the story of the game. What is it with you and genocide? Why do you think genocide is so bad compared to war? Are they both kind of equally bad? Sh- yeah, sure. Yeah, they they're both equally bad. I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm sure you could argue one or the other is worse in any way, but I, I think they're both like that's not that's get... not that's not the point I'm making anyway. The point is, is like there's some weird there's some weird out of kind of they they almost feel like out of context, like they almost feel like non sequitur for for the game. Um, that's odd. Yeah, and so like I, th- that's not the only moment. There have been a couple of other little moments like that that I've just kind of scratched my head at, like what. Uh, but for the, I mean, for the most part, the story is getting better as I am playing, which is good. That is like what I would, I would much rather have the story get better than get worse. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying that facet of it. And I really enjoying the boss battles. Like they, they are very well done. They are hard. Um, and the bosses are interesting. So I, I can speak to that. Like if you're, if you're into into tough bosses in your role-playing games, like this is definitely a game for you, for sure. I do like challenging boss battles. Yeah. Do you use the English voices? I do. How do you like them? You know, I um, I don't really listen to it with volume all that much. So what you've heard, you don't mind, really? Wait, really? What about the music? The music's good from what I've heard, but, I mean, a, a lot of the time I'm sitting in the living room with my wife on the couch and she's either sleeping or watching something on TV and I'm looking after my son. So I can't really be absorbed in something like that. You know, earbuds. I don't want to sit on the couch next to my wife with earbuds in. You're doing it wrong. I don't, I would love to sit next to my wife with earbuds on. Okay. So I guess we differ in that respect, but yeah, I just like, I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like fun to me. I don't know. <sighs> I don't get you. You don't have to. Nobody gets you. That's that's probably true. So the music's really good. It is really good. 
It's really good from what I've heard. The voice acting I brought up because... You don't think it's really good. I have found myself wanting to skip a lot of early dialogue scenes because the dialogue is so generic and predictable. Yeah, it kind of is, isn't it? That, uh, I mean, really badly in the first chapter. Yeah, the start of that game is... is, And the king talks incredibly slowly. Thanks for saving the kingdom, tis. I will be in your debt. As the vessel of wind moves forth... We shall protect her by any means necessary. Like, that's how slow it is. It's really good that you're padding out the length of our podcast. Very, I'm, I'm very not even good exa- job. Very. I'm not even exaggerating. I'm literally, I'm literally not exaggerating. It's that slow. And I got to the point where I was, I would, I always have my earbuds in when I'm on the train and such, and I, I'd listen to it, and I would still skip halfway into the line because I'm like, this is taking too long. I don't mind the voice acting in this game. I really don't. I wanted to try the Japanese voices to see if I liked them, so I switched to Japanese, and I did like them. Surprisingly, a lot of the characters were quite similar. Tiz sounds very similar. The girl that's... uh. Adia sounds very similar. Ringabell sounds very similar. So I switched it back to English so that I can get the audio. And if I'm on the train and like somebody steps off the train, I kind of just hold my DS to my chest and step off so they have room to get off the train. Like if I'm standing by the door. So a lot of times I'll be going through the dialogue and not looking at it. So that that's kind of nice and that helps. But I was just curious. Do you? I mean. You probably don't often mess with the voice, with the the dialogue I, language. I really don't, considering that I'm not normally listening to the game as I'm playing it. Yeah, not not. I mean, not specifically. I mean, in general, I'm guessing you don't do that. No, a lot. not really. I typically just stick with with uh, American voices because uh, America is where I live. Right. So every everybody should be required to speak English here. I think. So I also changed the voices. In Lightning Returns. That's weird. Is that weird? No, it, it's not. Okay. Have you heard Lightning's voice? Like, in English? Yes. Yeah, I never thought it was that bad. I don't like it. Okay, that's fine. I think it's overdramatic. And I'm not... Listen, not, really something light, you, not really something you can rub one out to? And listen, Lightning's voice actor, if you're listening, I don't have a problem with you. Because Troy Baker does the voice of Snow, and I hate Snow's voice. But Troy Baker, in The Last of Us, as Joel, was, I mean, that was Emmy award-winning. Or Academy, Tony award-winning. Yeah, the Emmys are TV, Academy Awards are movies, and Tony's are Broadway musicals. So Grammy award-winning. Like, Troy Baker is great, is a great voice actor. That's about the Huzzah. closest. That's about the closest I think you can get. Thank you. So Troy Baker, you're, you're fantastic, and I loved you in The Last of Us, but I just really hate Snow's voice. So I understand that's the direction and that is the creative decisions of the the project manager and whatnot. And Lightning, I'm presuming, is the same. So I don't want to break bad on anybody in the Final Fantasy universe of voice actors uh, because you're all, you're all fine. I actually really like Hope's voice and I really like Fang and Vanille's voices. 
So Lightning Returns is broken into four different kind of realms, and there are different characters from the original Final Fantasy thirteen games in each of those realms. And I have actually switched back and forth between Japanese and English a few times now. I didn't realize it was that important to you. It really is. It really is. I I really like Hope's voice, and Hope is kind of your narrator, your navigator in your earpiece or whatever, speaking to you via satellite or whatever, from the Ark telling you about Bunavelza during the game. So... I'll talk, I'll elaborate a bit more on this in the next episode, but the point is, I just think that sometimes English versus Japanese is interesting, and, and a lot of people have very strong opinions about their voice actors, but clearly you have no opinions or original thoughts in your head. Both of those things are true. Yeah. Did you watch Cowboy Bebop? I did. Did you like the English voice actors? Sure, it was fun. Right, that's the thing. A lot of people... Like a lot of a lot of anime people, a lot of anime purists will only listen to the Japanese voice actors with English subtitles, with the exception of Cowboy Bebop, which is almost universally agreed upon that the English voice actors do a fantastic job, and there's no reason to listen to the Japanese if you can have the English voice actors for them. Okay, I so, thought they, I mean I thought it was okay. They were all right. Cowboy Bebop? Yeah. Yeah, generally people like that show's voice actors. But if I'm watching His and Her Circumstances or Get Backers, I want nothing to do with the English voice actors. And I'd probably be just fine with them. Yeah, well, you all, again, you have no original thought. You're incapable of your forming an opinion that is not someone else's. I mean, I guess I can't really deny that. Everyone agrees on that. Well, I so. guess I have to agree with everyone, considering what we just said. So right. So there's that. Yeah. So, well, I'm glad you're enjoying Bravely Default. I am as well. I will hopefully get some more Lightning Returns time in this week if I uh, if I get a break from DDP Yoga. I tell you, there haven't been any real, real interesting jobs yet is, is kind of disappointing. Like, they've all been very rote, except for the Merchant. The Merchant is the first one that feels kind of new and fresh. But so far, everything else has been, you know, your standard black mage, white mage, red mage, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I'll tell you one other interesting thing about downloading Jordan's character is if you have a friend on your friends list that you could that that you download, you can link that friend to one of your characters to give your character additional job class abilities. Okay. So I linked Jordan to my Tiz, and because he's probably level four or five job class with several job classes, I automatically get those skills. So like when I linked to the character, when I got the knight job class, I was able to use six of the knight classes support abilities. That's pretty as, strong. As if he had learned them. I mean, not at once, but so when you level up a job class in the game listener, you will sometimes learn a support ability. Uh, kind it's like a, it's of, like a passive skill. Like a passive skill, like exceptionally skilled with swords. So if you change your class to a white mage, you can use the passive ability that you learned as a knight to be really good with swords. So you're a white mage with a sword, and you're really good with swords. That kind of a thing. And I knew all of Jordan's character Tiz's passive abilities. <laughs> Immediately. It's just another way to break it. 
Yes. So when I download your friend thing, I will link it with Agnes or Ringabel or Bunavelza or something. And that person will have all those abilities. So ideally, you would have four friends. So I, I only have really one or two friends in real life. So this will be tricky. But if I can make four friends with DSs. Actually, if I get you and I get Jamie, that that's two more. So really, I'll just have one weak link in my party. There you go. I think that's fine. And I'll set it to hard mode if I'm having a hard time because I'm not you and I have a brain. Yeah, I may check that out. One more thing I want to talk about with this game. I'm here. Can you handle it? I think I can. Okay, you know the blue treasure chests in the dungeons? Yeah, I don't know anything about them. Do you want to? Sure. It's a minor spoiler. Okay, I'm fine with that. Nothing to do with storyline, but gameplay. Okay. And this is going to lead into a, a much, much bigger discussion in a... Well, in several weeks, whenever I finish Pokemon Y. Okay. But, listener, in the first two or three dungeons, there's a blue treasure chest, and it's it says locked. Not just in the first two or three. It's basically, oh. there's basically one in at least all, like, every dungeon. Yes. So, I was aware of that because of what you're about to hear. So, I noticed in the first couple, there were blue chests, and what person playing a role-playing game wants to pass an item? Right? That's one of the fundamentals of RPGs is if you see a treasure chest, you want to be able to open it as soon as humanly possible. Because if you pass it, then you're missing up on something potentially really good. Right. Well, I googled it on the train because I was in the second or third dungeon. I saw another blue chest and I'm like, I don't want to miss a bunch of good stuff. You get the key to the chest in chapter six. She has to go back to all of those dungeons? Yes. Which you can just turn off which you can just turn off encounters for so you can just walk around without encountering anything to get to these blue chests well don't you think that's a plus that you don't have to random battle sure except that you have to go back to every single one of those dungeons for no reason to get the best equipment in the game really or well i don't know if it's the best but apparently it's insanely good items insanely good like, you should get them good. And I'm sure I will, but I don't know. That's a dumb way to do it. <laughs> it is! Like, that's not fun. How is that fun? Yeah, that's that's fair. I don't know, nostalgic. It's replay value within one save file. That is the get... stupidest thing I've ever heard. Wow, okay, so you're hating on that. That's not even my point. My point is there is a greater conversation here about... Secrets in video games. Secrets in role-playing games. Yeah, that'll definitely have to be tabled. Yeah. Because I, I, don't, I don't really know what you're getting at, so you, that's going to need a little explanation as well. Yeah, we okay. Well, yeah, we, I mean, and we don't have to, again, I don't want to get it super into it right now, but it just it made me think of Pokemon a lot. Because in Pokemon Y, there is, there is in a, a, a virtually innumerable amount of stuff that is not in any way explained or addressed within the game. You're talking about the EV values and stuff? Oh my god, I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about evolutions. I'm talking about Pokemon-specific items that you have to equip. I'm talking about the fact that you have to trade a certain Pokemon with another specific Pokemon to evolve both of those Pokemon. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There are two Pokemon that you must trade with each, like you must trade it with the other one 
to evolve them, and they are in no way relevant to each other, insofar as I can tell. Interesting. Yeah. There are so many things in Pokemon, and this, I, I briefly just touched, just very, very briefly on this when we first started talking about Pokemon, which I refused to review until I beat the game, by the way. That's why we're not going into it too much. But we briefly mentioned that there is there is a very specific game design in place in Pokemon when it comes to the secrets of the game not existing within the game that I think is very interesting. And it's a very, very specific thing to Pokemon. So I was surprised. And there's it's, always secrets in games you can't get from no, the game. No, there's like Dark Souls is the exact same thing. Is it really? The exact same thing. Yeah, you have to you have to consult some sort of outside source that somebody... Uh, yeah, you have to consult somewhere else to get the information on how to do certain things. I guess that's the way it's always been. I mean... Who could beat the original Legend of Zelda without or, talking their friends, or, right? Or Castlevania II Simon's Quest, right? Oh, God. Yeah. Like, there's no way to complete that game without extra information. So when do you... Like, why didn't you Google the blue chests? I just assumed I would find a way to open them later, I guess. Honestly, I just assumed... I, I assumed that I would find a way to open them later or that it would be explained to me. Okay. I mean, I prob- I guess I would have... I w- at the end of the game, if I still had not had that explained to me, I probably would have. I don't know. So, so where's the tipping point for you? Where Where's that point where something in a game is a mystery to you, and then you look it up? I don't know. I haven't really thought I don't about know it either. We'll have to come back to that. We'll have to come back to that. Listener, what? When? Where's your tipping point? How How much mystery do you find in a game before? You need to address it. Like you need to, you need to find out when is when is that point. The answer it- for you is obviously barely none at all because you saw two <laughs> chests that you couldn't open, and you freaked out and you ran to the internet to figure out how to open them. Yet in Pokemon, I have the only thing I've, the only research I've done, is I have an unsorted box of Pokemon in my PC, and every couple weeks. I open the Pokedex on my phone. I have a Pokedex app. It's called Dexter. I'm not kidding. I was going to say, did you pay for that one? No, it's a free Android app called Dexter. It's a Pokedex. It's really streamlined, free, really cool, really well done. So check it out. And I would go in Dexter and find out if the Pokemon could evolve and how that Pokemon would evolve. And then I would move the Pokemon to the appropriate box. I have a box of Pokemon that evolve by leveling. I have a box that evolve by giving them a stone. I have a box that evolves by trading. I have a box that evolves by leveling to the first evolution and then a special circumstance required for the second evolution. So I have them all sorted that way so that to, to assist me in catching them all. But I haven't Googled every game mechanic. I haven't Googled how to breed them. I haven't you know you know looked into the best most powerful ones. I don't know how to get Zapdos or Moltres or Articuno or whichever one is in my game. So there's some mystery there. Jerk. Well, you're doing it wrong. You should have all those answers by now. You think so? Well, yeah, because you waited two chests in Bravely Default. Do you have all those answers for Pokemon because you remember to save the game after eight hours? 
So, listener, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, it was a good time. Was it? No. I still don't like you. I'd like to go home now. Yeah? Yeah, I would.